This is Quit, a show about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin, and today is Friday. It's always Friday somewhere. It's 4.37 p.m. here at Central Time, July 24th, 2015. I like to start right at 4, but uh, we are a little late today. Hi, Heidi Cook. How are you? Hi, how are you? I just, when I talked about how we were late, I just thought of you for some reason. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it had nothing to do with... No. With you being unprepared for the show. I was prepared. So, you know, I, I asked some people on Twitter uh, if, and I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter, if you ever want to ask me questions about the show or get in touch, it's the best way. I asked people there, I said, do you know that I do a show called Quit and this is what I talk about? And uh, do you listen? I said, it's okay if you don't listen. You know, you can say no, but tell me, tell me why you don't listen if you, if you don't. And a lot of people said they did listen, which is very encouraging. Nothing makes you feel better about doing your job than feeling appreciated. So there were a lot of you who said, yes, and I love the show, or yes, and I listened, and it made me feel good. And then there were other people who said, you know, I used to listen, but I don't listen so much anymore. And it, when they said why, if I asked them why or when they said why, they would say, well, the reason I don't listen anymore is... It was very helpful to me when I was in this bad situation with my job, but I got out of it. I got a new situation. Now I like my job, so right. I don't listen. Anymore. I don't I don't feel bad about my job anymore. I feel good. Then there were other people who said, I've never listened because I don't want to quit my job. And that's that's a misconception, I think, that, of course, the name of the show is quit and has been great and quit. But I hope that the show has something to offer for people who are in their job and who are not struggling per se, but who are just, you know, just, just wanting to feel positive about the things that they do and feel positive about their job. And honestly, if you, if you can say that everything is 100% great about your job, you never have any work conflicts, you never have any uh, differences of opinions with the people that you work with. You ne- you have a manager or, or, or boss who is 100% supportive in the most healthy way. Your spouse is also supportive. There's no stresses in your life. You make more than enough money. You can't even spend the spare money. You're absolutely fulfilled in every aspect of your career. Then, you you know, I think their show has almost nothing or nothing to offer to you. But, and, and if anything, let me know how you got to that place because I think there are a lot of people, me included, who would love to be in that situation because I don't think that that's that common. I think everybody has an obstacle or a challenge to face in their day. Or just something that bothers them. And even the best jobs, even if you're your right. own boss, right? You're going to have an annoying co- co-worker. Believe me, that's you know? true. No, I do know. <laughs> Stop no, looking I at do me. Know. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at my uh-huh. notes. Right here at my notes. But I had tweeted out to people and I said, you know, we haven't done an email episode in a little while. And those generally tend to be a little bit of a shorter episode as opposed to like an epically long episode. They can be a little bit shorter when we focus on the emails. But there are so many people who, who either they don't want to call in because calling in is stressful or something, or they, don't, they can't call in because of a time difference. Right. Or for any any variety of reasons that they don't want to call in, they want to send an email. It's anonymous, it's private, it's easier. And so I wanted to do an email-focused episode. But I do before I get into doing these emails, I do appreciate everyone who took the time to uh, to to respond to me on Twitter and share that. Oh, there were there was one other um, there was one other kind of response that I got from people who said. Oh, you! I like how your passion, but you get too angry. <laughs> I don't the, think that I've, the fun part. Well, but I don't think that I've been negative angry. I don't think you have either. I wouldn't ever want anyone to come away thinking that angry that I'm angry in the sense of like your your parents are angry, um, and 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 for you doing something wrong i don't want you to feel like you've done something wrong if i seem angry it's more i'm just i'm passionate about you making a positive change that's it 
All right. So let me jump in to do a few of these emails. Also, we have a, a couple sponsors. I might, Heidi, I might just do one of these sponsors. That's fine. You only have to really do that one. The others. The other one can put next week. Next week, I'm doing something a lot of people are nervous to do. And that is I'm going to get up in front of a group of listeners and peers at Podcast Movement. It is a podcast conference. Yes. Did you know that? That there is such a thing as a podcast conference? All thanks. We all owe it all to NPR and Serial, don't we? Yep. Thanks, Serial. Everything we do. Thank you, Serial, for making all this possible and inventing this. But there is a big conference (laughs) in Fort Worth where uh, they, for some reason, want me to talk. So I'm going to talk about, I think, the past, present, and future of podcasting and my thoughts on that. And a lot of people don't like getting up in front of a group and speaking. And I remember I used to work at a company where they sort of required everyone to get up and, and give a presentation or a talk. And the manager, the sort of director level person thought that this was just such a smart idea because he happened to really like getting up in front of people and talking. But he hearkened back to the old days when he was nervous to do that. He was too nervous. But he felt that he just had to go and overcome his fear and in doing so become, you know, face his fear, overcome it and become a great speaker. And that is so typically not going to work for most people. I know people who may be able to go and give an amazing talk, but it will never be easy for them. It's not personally fulfilling for them. And although they may be able to say, wow, I'm proud of myself. I got up and I spoke in front of this audience. I did it. That's an excellent accomplishment. But that doesn't mean that you you liked it. You may like that you accomplished it, but it won't change the fact that it was difficult for you. And I want to tell you something. That's totally okay. Like give yourself permission to not like public speaking. Give yourself permission to, uh, to like not want to do that and to be apprehensive about it. That's totally okay. Most human beings don't like it. Most. So you're in really good company when it comes to not liking public speaking. You're in really good company. There are a lot of people who don't like it. There are a lot of people who will do great on a podcast with their, with their friend on, in front of a microphone, but ask that same person to get up in front of a crowd of 10 or 1,000 people, and that's a problem. I do better, I think, on, on a stage or in front of an audience. I'm better. Does it fuel you? Sure. Yeah. I I think I become more entertaining if I'm in front of a large group of people. You see me up in in, in yeah, you are pretty entertaining. Stuff. I mean, you're well, you're very good at just not saying you haven't planned, but I'm saying changing topic or winging a certain part of something yeah. that does not scare you and is not daunting, right? Um, but I feel like I would. I've done public speaking. I'm okay. I just have to practice a whole lot. Right. And all I need are little transitional cards. So like I might forget the very next thing I might want to talk about. Mm-hmm. As if I just have like an outline or just a couple of cards that are just like the next thing you want to talk about is um, knitting. If I just have the word <laughs> knitting on a card, I'm like, okay, I know where I am. Yeah. I, I can see what's coming ahead and how far I am until I end. Things like that. That that helps me, but I'm not I'm not great at it. I think I turn red a lot. Do you? I've yeah. seen you turn when yeah, we used to back, back three years ago, like on the first show that you were you were producing and like I put you on a microphone, you turned. I got a rash. You did. You got like a rash. On my chest. And, and, and you turned red. Uh-huh. And it's not like if something bad happens, like if I accidentally burped or something and I would be like, oh, I'm turning red. <laughs> it's just if I look up and start speaking and there's just another sentence. If I just start saying it somehow, I'll turn red just randomly. Weird. It's not really associated with like, um, like a an embarrassing or off color topic. It's just randomly. Can we, can I'll I, be red. Can I tell the story about the time we were looking at, at uh, yes. office space? Yes. Okay. So we we were looking at uh, office space. This I will interject before we if, yeah. we found um, the last space we were in before this one. And you had your notepad out, and you were writing dimensions of the room or something like that. 
and our real estate agent was there and we were speaking with him and talking with the potential, I guess, the the lease or the building owner. Yes. And the building. Like, I, I own a lot of uh, different properties like around Austin. Right. And somehow this property came up that was, I guess, near your childhood home. Yes. And I had passed it pretty much every day since I was like two um, <laughs> in the car. Not only, you know, going to three of my schools were on the exact same route. So I had passed it for probably 18 years total. But upon him him mentioning this place, which is just a, a building, you turned. I did. Beat, beat red. lobster red. Right. There was no reason for that. Makes and, no sense. And we all noticed it. All of us. Yeah. In the everyone room. was like, wow, it suddenly looks like she's been laying out in the sun right. for 19 hours. <laughs> and you, fe- you said you felt it, but you felt okay. Yeah. I feel, I feel the heat rise, you know, in my cheeks. I'm like, oh, great. That's happening. But see, I think all of these things are perfectly normal. Rea- I don't know Completely. why you did in that, but I think public speaking is, is something that's very difficult for people. And I wouldn't, I would like to say to you, if you are a manager or a director, and you feel that it is your duty to show and encourage your employees to to do some kind of public speaking thing because you believe it will enrich them and be good for them, please don't do that. Provide them with an opportunity to speak. And if they take it, great. But don't do it under the guise of they should do it or they, they're not playing, they're not team players if they don't do it. There was a time. Back when I used to have horrible, had a horrible travel anxiety. I didn't say fear of flying because I used to think this was just travel anxiety. Just being away from home. Travel anxiety. Planning for the trip. All of that. Yeah. I'm going to make a little, a little note about that. Travel anxiety. And I, my, my one uh, boss said, guess what? Everyone's going to WWDC this year. And for this is before Apple had a something called an iPhone, and I thought, okay, I've I've never been to a WWDC before. I've been to San Francisco kind of once. Uh, Florida to San Francisco is a big long trip. Not sure how I feel about it. And so I was planning with them, and I said, well, what day should I get in? Well, WWDC runs from Monday to Friday. I said, okay, well, should I get in like Monday? Or Well, you could get in Monday, eh, but you won't be part of all the team activities that will be going on that weekend ahead. Guilt. I'm like, okay, well, are, are those mandatory things? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's all the cool stuff that we'll be doing. Everyone else will be there. But no, you don't have to go to that. Like, well, just tell me the day I've got to go. Say, get there Saturday. Everyone else is getting there Saturday. Well, everybody else, it happened lived in uh, actually in Austin, Texas or uh like Arizona. So for them, it's like a quick two through two and a half hour flight to San Francisco. Right. For me, it was like an epic journey on eight different airplanes to get from Central Florida out there. We didn't even have a direct flight. Well, if you you know you want to come out and be part of the team, you know, team build. You don't have to go. I mean, we're just going to do pretty much all the awesome stuff. And like Rick's going to have a, he's going to be, you know, barbecuing and grilling tri-tip. And, uh, oh, you know, we're going to, so we're all going to go to fries and hang out and, you know, get to know each other. But no, you don't have to be there for that. Also, you're the newest employee. So do what you think you need to do. Now I'd be like, who cares? Yeah, I'll come out there. But with all the traveling, and, but th- there was no appreciation of that. Right. I was made to feel like, a, as we would say, like a putz if I didn't go to it. So, of course, I went. Don't do that to your employees. Don't make them get up and give a talk if you don't, you know, it's good for them. It's good for them. No, it's traumatic and awful. You provide them with the opportunity and let them take the opportunity. That's the best thing. The, the, the best thing that you can do as a director, a manager, a boss is provide your employees with opportunity and encourage them in a way that doesn't make them feel pressured. It's not easy. You know, it is easy going to Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash quit. Lynda.com slash quit? Huh? Yes. 
3,000 on-demand video courses that will help you be, I think, a better, more creative professional. They've got so many amazing courses there. So many. We had a phone call with Linda earlier in the week, just touching base, seeing how things are doing. And uh, I really, I just think the stuff that they're working on, it's so great. You need to go there. You need to go to Linda, sign up for the 10-day trial, and just give it a chance and learn something new. I guarantee you there's something that you've wondered about. Maybe it was Ruby on Rails development. Maybe it was learning to use Photoshop. Maybe you think recording a podcast is too hard for you, but there's too much involved. Maybe you're trying to decide what software to get, and you'd like a five-minute overview of that application to see if it's something you could even make heads or tails of. And maybe you now need to start doing like spreadsheet stuff at work and you really don't want to learn numbers or Excel, but you have to. Linda, I'm telling you, 10-day free trial access to all of these different courses. I love Linda. Getting things done. They've got David Allen doing the Getting Things Done course. There's one here at Hattie, Learning to be Assertive. Ooh, that is a course. I need that. Negotiation Tactics bootstrapping your business income tax fundamentals sounds like fun but i'll tell you what you can get an overview of exactly what's going on with like business and taxes with this if that's what you're thinking about experts teaching you download this stuff to your ios or android device go check it out linda l-y-n-d-a lynda.com slash quit that's the place to go and just going to that url going there will support this show which i need you to do support the show just visiting the URL supports the show. I'm here I'm here for you, doing a show for you. You can go check out Linda because they are amazing. You'll be doing yourself a favor. See, if I make if I had if I make them think they're doing me a favor, they'll actually go there thinking I'm helping Dan. They'll help themselves. Right. Help me help you. Linda.com slash quit. This is an email from Tom who writes, Dan, I just wanted to say how excited I am the quit is back. I was driving into work today listening to the newest episode and all of a sudden it hit me why I love quit so much. It's basically a weekly group therapy session with other like-minded entrepreneurs and folks who are trying to figure it out on our own. The show has always been a source of relief for the massive amounts of anxiety I felt while starting my own thing and I'm just incredibly thankful you didn't let the jerks who write in and nitpick everything get to you. How does he know? He knows. He knows. Maybe he's Maybe, he's maybe he is one maybe of them. Maybe he is one. <laughs> or he, he was testing he's you. He's got like multiple personality disorder and when he thinks he he goes to sleep at night he actually is still awake squinting at the screen writing the bad emails how else would he know i don't know keep up the fantastic work you've always have a patreon supporter in me tom well thank you tom if you'd like to support the show on patreon patreon.com slash five by five every little bit really does help i can't even tell you how much of a difference it makes. Every Because it's expensive doing this stuff that we do. This is not cheap. Think about that though. The anxiety you feel when starting your own thing. I, somebody else that I know just recently went out independent, started their own thing. And already they're running into these trials, these challenges of, oh, I'm already late. I'm, he wrote, I'm already late with my taxes. I'm already late submitting my taxes. He's only been doing his own thing for a few weeks. He's already late, already messing up taxes. You know, it's easy to take this, to give out this advice that I've given out a lot on this show, which is, you know, if you're starting, if you're starting something new and you're starting a business, like hire a tax attorney, hire an accountant, hire, hire, hire. Where's the money supposed to come from? My spouse is freaking out that I'm starting this thing on my own. Where, how am I supposed to also pay, you know, $250, $500, $1,000 to this tax person? You won't regret it. I, I don't know where the money's supposed to come from, but hiring somebody who's very, very good at that kind of stuff will save you so much time later. Just do it. Figure it out. Because doing it yourself, that's outside your area of expertise, unless you're an accountant, it's outside your area of expertise and you need to focus on the things that you do well. And you probably don't know how to set up businesses, which papers to file whether or not to do an LLC or an S-Corp election. Like I can give you advice on that stuff, but it might not be right. And I'm not an accountant. I'm not an attorney. I don't know your state laws. 
You do you want a Denver corporation, or I mean Colorado? Do you want a Nevada corporation? Do you want a Delaware corporation? I don't know. I don't know. Keep it in your own state. That's the advice I heard. Who knows if that's right? Go talk to somebody. Let them give you advice. 86%, Hattie, 86% of Etsy's sellers are women. That's amazing. 86%. I don't think that there are many places that can say 86% of people doing business in this space are women. Yeah. In, 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 in a thing like that. It used to be eBay was all dudes trading old SCSI drives from their spark station. <laughs> I don't know what half those words mean. Etsy, though. What is it, Hattie, about Etsy that you think is so appealing to to women? K- Kitty, Kitty? Yes, she is a woman. She is, A, she's a woman, and two, she is on Etsy selling yes, her stuff. Yes, she is. I think... Um... Well, I think a lot of women are into crafts. I will say that. I know I am. Uh, You do art. But I think it's another way for women who enjoy making things that want to get the word out and or just make make things to make other people happy and make a little, you know, money on the side. A lot of people, that's their whole, that's their full income. Right. Yeah. But you can make a killing on that. Seriously. And Kitty, Kitty is rich. The site is easy to use. It's really nicely laid out and you can just, I don't know. It's just, it just makes it so easy to sell the things is that you like making. something about the site itself, forgetting the fact that women, as a generalization that you made and that, that I think is a fair one, that women like to make stuff. Yes. There are many men on there as uh, a few quits ago, the man that makes the uh, light fixtures, he sells his stuff on Etsy. Right. So like you know 86 percent, but there is a um i would say a large male audience as well for them okay but is there something about the site that is attractive or interesting to women i wouldn't say that um their main color is uh like an orange color mm-hmm. so um, is that a woman color no that's what i was gonna say like the it, it it's is it a man color it's not stereotypical where it's like uh, it's the pink logo with a, a craft needle and thread right. on it. You right. know, they just, it was a site to sell and make the things that you like to make. And right. I don't think they really targeted women, but I think that also women buy, I, my, my mom does, she buys a lot of gifts for people from Etsy. Right. And so, because a, everything has a great price on there anyway. Right. And, uh, and B, they're going to be custom. Mm-hmm. custom gifts mm-hmm. which are going to mean more yeah um and i think a lot of moms use it for custom things for their kids so like have you ever bought anything from etsy yes have you ever things. sold anything on Etsy? i've never sold anything my aunt sells things on etsy um but i i was thinking of my mom does but no she doesn't you know i've only bought one thing from there yeah are in uh, case of zombies gun Oh yeah, we have in our office an in, in case of zombies break glass thing that has a big what is it a shotgun? It's not a real no, shotgun. it's a it's, it's a fake, a, but a, it's fake. Awesome. But he's it's basically like in the zombie apocalypse, you would break the glass and get this thing out. And it's an aluminum thing with whatever. That was the only thing I bought on Etsy, but I didn't like. I saw that on Boing Boing, or I saw that somewhere else on the internet. And when I wanted to buy it, the guy's like, "Well, you have to get it through my Etsy store." I'm like. Oh, I know something about Etsy. I've seen that, but I don't think I ever bought anything. I'm there. looking at how many things I've bought on here. 86% though. If you found that out about your business, if you found out today that your business catered to a specific audience, whether it's men or women or, you know, ex uh basketball players, whatever it is, like 86% of your audience customer is is doing that. Would you then go and make changes? I would think that, that that would be very interesting if I had those numbers. Would would should they make the logo pink, Hattie? You know what I'm saying? Should they start catering I in some way so. more to women? Or does it simply mean You've what just they're made a doing great service is working and yeah. it is appealing to women, so don't change anything. I've bought fifteen things. Uh the very first thing I ever bought was August eighteenth, two thousand and nine. So I've been buying stuff on Etsy for a long time. Um and there's all sorts of things. There's flat artwork that I bought, like prints, magnets, stuffed animals, figurines. They also sell vintage 
things on there. So um, if you're looking for like a really like a vintage dress or a vintage figurine, maybe from a uh, a TV show that is over right now or something like little things like that. Um, Didn't you buy your um, Margot Tannenbaum dress? Yeah, dress I just saw that the, on here. For the, mm-hmm. custom. For the costume. This is such a good place for custom things. And if you can't seem to find like a certain kind of shirt, maybe on like a website or like one of those t-shirt sh- sites where you can just make your own over. This is everything exists on Etsy. You can find it. Like yeah. if I can't find it in a store or online, I know it'll be on Etsy. Rob emails. Dan, I was listening to July 21st. I was listening to quit number 70. I wanted to comment on your discussion on debt. You quoted your grandfather saying money is power. I'd like to add debt is slavery. I'm 61, a corporate stooge software developer since 1979 after a journalism degree, unemployment, programming trade school, and a year as a tech writer. I had a few great years at a startup. After the first time I was rehired after being laid off in 1993, I paid off my car and haven't had a car loan since then. Paid off my house with my small inheritance after my mom died. She was a frugal teacher in 2000 and haven't had a mortgage since. Have never had any other debt. Raised and educated two sons who are independent and who have blessed me with seven grandchildren. Wow. I've been very fortunate and I thank God every day for what he has given me, but I know it isn't about what you make, it's what you do with it. I've managed not to screw up and haven't had any big misfortunes. Not having debt and spending less than I've made have put me where I am today, sitting in my 11-year-old Corolla, listening to 5 by 5 before returning to my cubicle, knowing that if they lay me off, I won't need a job ever again. Thanks for a great show. Rob in Minnesota. P.S. I'm going to quit in 9 to 30 months, depending on things like healthcare insurance, stooge bonuses, etc. Did he say 9 to 30? 9 to 30 months, I yeah. like that. I like that that's, time frame. That's his schedule. Nine. That should be our title. Nine, nine, to, 30 nine to thirty months. That's his schedule. Uh, but he has a schedule, you know. Hey, and I'll tell you what else. He's sixty-one. Nine to thirty months. That's, you know, like like to some people, and this is an interesting thing. To my kid, thirty minutes is an eternity. I remember sitting looking an at eternity. the clock, being like, "Wow, thirty minutes." It's only been five. He'll say, how long this, <laughs> is this going to take, Dad? Oh, about 30 minutes. Oh! <laughs> Where now I'm like, 30 minutes, you can't do anything right. in 30 well, minutes. We, you know, like if, if it's like, oh, we got to call in, in 30 <laughs> minutes. Oh, well, we, can't, we don't have time to do lunch. We'll just sit here. Right. And like if I said to you, just just sit there for 30 minutes, you'd be like, oh, that's fine. I'd sit there for 30 I'd minutes. Like, 30 minutes, that's a long time. Just I'm going to take there. away your phone and your computer. Sit right, there for 30 to, minutes. It's oh, going to feel still, like a long time. It's going to feel longer, but it's still not a big deal to no, an adult, right? no. But like, I'll talk to you about something sometimes and you'll say, you'll say, oh, that was a long time ago. I'll be like, it was like four months ago. You're like, yeah, it was a long time. I'll be, or I'll be like, you'll be like, Hattie, that was last year. I'm like, to me, that is a long time. Right, right. <sighs> but for me, like a year, like I'm like, well, I've been doing this podcasting thing full time for like six years or something. Right. It's not that long. Do you think the, the older <laughs> you get, the, the, the faster time goes? I think so. I think so. And, I, and, and I until you hit a certain point, until you hit a certain point, maybe when you have a lot of time, and then I, I think maybe You're I've like heard, finding it, cha- stuff I've to heard it changes. Yeah. And when I was meditating, and when I don't drink caffeine, it seems like it takes a, the day takes a lot longer. I can get more done. So, but I can't function without the caffeine. Catch twenty two. <laughs> shame on me. But listen to this: sixty one corporate stooge. That seems like the holy grail. If he loses his job today, he never has to work again. Now he's sixty-one. He's Jeff Goldblum's age. I'm imagining him as, as Jeff. a what Jeff. Is Go- Jeff Goldblum? Well, but he said he's a developer, and I don't think Jeff does. I don't know. That. Jeff has many talents. He is talented, but I'm imagining a Jeff Goldblum named Rob in Minnesota. So I don't know. I I, I like this. I feel like not enough people have as their goal. Not enough people have a goal to just, I don't have, I don't owe any money. Imagine the freedom. Debt is slavery. Imagine the freedom that you'd have to to just not owe any money. To be able to say, you know what? I, I don't have to. I would like to hear, Hattie. I would like to hear from folks who are like financial advisors 
accountants and things like that. I would like to hear what, what their advice is. Let's just say, God, God forbid, Hattie, God forbid that a family member or loved one passes away. But let's say that happens and you do get some inheritance like Rob did. What's the best thing to do? Should you, in, should you invest that? Should you use it to pay off your car, pay off your house? What should you do? I know what, I, what I've always learned and been told is that if you could invest that money intelligently, that the, because interest rates are so low on cars and homes and things, that it's like free money just paying it off. But I've always, the idea of not owing anyone anything financially is so appealing. I know somebody who is in their, they're in their mid-30s, blue-collar job. They owe about $10,000, maybe it's fifteen now, to credit card debt. They can't pay it off. They have no idea how they're ever going to pay that off. And it happened over a period of a few years. Times were a little hard. They used the credit card to, to, to keep things going. Now they've got ten to 15K debt, but they don't make enough to pay it off. They just make enough to pay that bill. They just make enough to pay their minimum balance every month. They're not even using the card hardly at all anymore. But, but they, they can previous, never, yeah. and they've, they've got their rent, they've got their they food. They can't catch up. You know, they might go and bear, buy a, a new couple new t-shirts from Old Navy now and then. But they're not crazy spending or anything. No, and they can't ever catch up with it. And there's a lot of people who are in that situation right now. They're just, they're paying their minimum balance every month just to get by. And they're stuck in their job and they're frustrated. I don't have an answer. But I sympathize with you. Anthony. Hey, Dan, I first wanted to say that I love your quit podcast and certainly opened my eyes and made me realize that sleepwalking through each day, each workday isn't the way to go. Sleepwalk. Hmm. Sleepwalking. What a powerful word that is in these terms. Sleepwalking. I've been at my current job, web designer, for over eight years now, hired right out of college, and it's been clear for a while that this is a dead-end job for me. The work is and has been almost always the same, and there is very little room for growth here. In the past 1.5 years, I've applied to positions that would be the next step up for me, and I've gotten rejected every single time. Even worse, the first two times, I didn't even get an interview for the position. I'm the lowest paid employee in my department as well. So for me, the writing is on the wall, and it's time to find something else. In order to find and even apply to a new job, I have to have a pretty good portfolio to be considered, and unfortunately, a lot of the work I've done in my eight years here isn't portfolio work. So I've been struggling with trying to build my portfolio, and I think one thing that I struggle with the most is making a concrete plan, setting deadlines, and writing down tasks to lead me to accomplish my goals. Any advice you could give me would be greatly appreciated, and thanks again for your awesome podcast, giving us Corporate Stooges hope each and every week. Tony. What a great question and what a terrible situation. Yeah. I mean, sleepwalking. All of a sudden you look up and you've been at your job for eight years and you've been doing design work and maybe you've been challenged sometimes, maybe not, but you've got nothing to show for it. I remember Natalie and Anthony came and, and talked about this, uh, yeah, about their work at Fun Size because they had these great clients, but they couldn't show the work and they couldn't say it was theirs. They would just, their client would say, hey, we've got a new iOS app. And they couldn't say, oh, by the way, we built that. In a way, it was kind that. of pro bono work because it's like pro bono in the sense of like, yes, they got paid for it. Yeah. But half of your Half of your payment is being is able to, being able I to see what you, you yeah. mean. I see what you mean. Half of your work as a designer. That's how you get more work. Yeah, in user interface design, yeah. in web design. That, you're right. 50% is the money in your pocket. The other 50% is being able to say that we did that. What, what a tough situation Tony is in. You need a good portfolio. So, Tony. Tony. Tony the Tiger, let me tell you what you need to do. And you may not like it, Tony the Tiger, but this is what you need to do. I'm sorry that you applied for those jobs and you got rejected. Why did you get rejected? 
first, let me, before I tell you what you need to do, why did you get rejected? What was the reason that you got rejected? Was it because you didn't have enough experience? Is it because the people that you were interviewing with didn't know what you've done? Was it because your manager really doesn't want you? Ooh. Ooh. I've known about that kind of situation before. But your manager doesn't want you to leave the position that you're in <laughs> because they need you. That reminds me, because remember, I'm watching Friends right now. Yes. <laughs> the one where Rachel- Hattie is Hattie, yeah. who probably should have been born in, in the 70s, but yeah. for some unfortunate reason wasn't, is now- really, I'm rewatching Friends She's from reliving- the She's yeah. living, she's putting herself through the pain of the 90s. Well, uh, I lived through the 90s. I was just very young. <laughs> well, you were young, but I'm saying the pain of being an adult in, yes. in the 90s. Yes. By enduring shows like Friends and, but you love them. I love Friends. I think it was a cute show. Yeah. Anyway, I think I'm on like a season six or something. I have no idea. But <laughs> the one episode where Rachel's, uh, Rachel is um, an assistant to, she's an assistant to a buyer at a big department store. And she does not want her to leave. That. And so when a position opens up, the boss is in the interview with her and the two people that would be bringing her into that department. Right. And she totally ruins her interview, says she's a drunk and like all this other stuff. Uh, and, you know, eventually it comes out that she was like, Rachel, you're great at what you do. And I don't know how I could get through my day without you helping me. I didn't want you to take that job. So she kind of sabotaged her from leaving the job, even though it would be better for Rachel. Right. It Perfect was, example. Yeah. So I, I, don't know I remember that, that episode. That seems extreme and also comical. Um, but I don't know. Is does I do had the like Ross the Ross haircut. You did. I had that, and you could go into this hair say, hair place and be like, "Oh, I want a Ross haircut," and they knew exactly what you meant. It was very popular, and I know I, my hair kind of naturally does want to go forward like that. Yeah. I kind of fight it. I insisted it go the other way. I'm never giving up. <laughs> never give up, Dan. But it's, it's you know, the, your manager may have put been putting in a bad word for you. Because they're selfish. Because they're selfish because they want you on their team because you're so good, Tony. You are too good. You're too good for that place. I will tell you this, Tony. I want you the next time you go in there, you need to tell yourself that you, regardless of these stupid rejections that you've gotten, don't let that get you down. You are a, a talented web designer. You've been doing it for eight years. You must be good at it. You know what I'm saying? If you're doing it every day, you must be pretty good. Do anything every day for eight years. You're going to get good at it. So just re A, remember that. B, Tony, here's what you don't, you don't say a lot in this email. You don't say a lot in this email. You don't tell me if you've got a family. You don't tell me if you're supporting yourself or if you're supporting your whole family. You don't tell me if you have a spouse. You don't tell me anything. But you need to start doing freelance work pronto. You don't say what town you're in. So I don't know if it's easy for you to go and find a freelance job. But here's what you need to do. You need to find yourself some freelance jobs. Find them locally. Find them on the internet. I don't care if it's, you know, uh, John's Tackle Shop that needs a redesign for their website. I don't care if they pay you $150 for $1,500 or $15,000 worth of work. You need to start going out there and doing stuff and building your portfolio. And if you can't get it through your job, get it on your own. My guess is that you're doing a nine to five thing. And if you're able to sleepwalk through your day, and there's a good chance that you can get that work done on the, in the mornings or in the afternoons and on the weekends. And when, by the way, good tip for freelancers, when you're going out there, don't paint a picture of you being like some full-time person. Oh, uh, yeah, we offer us this kind of surf. No, be like, I'm, I'm a guy who does web design after working on the weekends. Like, be honest with your potential customers. They won't care if they're hiring you and they're not hiring, you know, Razorfish. So go out there and say, listen, I, I want to do some freelance work. And then also go to the local meetups. Go to the design meetups. Is there a dribble meetup in your town? Those are great. I love the dribble meetups. Go to those meetups. Go to anyone that you can go to and hang out and be like, hey, guys, 
I'm uh, I'm I'm a pretty good designer, but like I don't have any work to show for because I work in this company and we can't do anything. And like I really want to do something else. I, do you know of any projects? Do you guys need any help? Get yourself out there and fo- put in the time. Focus it on saying, you know, uh, I'm one person. I'll be able to devote so much more personal time into what I'm doing for you. It's right. not some team of some people. Some huge, that, corp, you know, corporate right. stooge design agency. One-on-one. Tony the Tiger. And that's what you call your business. Call it Tony the Tiger. I the Tiger. <laughs> and go and start doing that work. Start doing that business. Then you'll build a wonderful portfolio. And you will be able to have stuff to show for the hard work that you're doing. Tony, I believe in you. When no one else did, I believed in him, Hattie. I know you did. I believe in him, too. I'd like to tell you about my second sponsor. Yeah. Squarespace. The easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for your ideas. Boom. Let me tell you something that I I feel so dumb for not trying this out before. I don't know why I thought this. I don't know why I had a huge, erroneous misconception <laughs> about Squarespace. And of course, this is how it works because they're all about making it easy to build a website, okay? You only need, you only need one account. I was always making new accounts for Squarespace. You only need one, okay? So here's what I mean. When you sign up for Squarespace, let's say you've already got, because you're smart, you already have Squarespace for your own site, your own business, your own blog, your own band, whatever it is. When you go there and you're like, oh, Squarespace, I want to make a new site. I have a client site I want to make, or I have, uh, you know, I, I have a new band I want to do. I have a new podcast I want to, whatever reason you're using Squarespace, you want to sell mugs, it doesn't matter. You, you can do all this with Squarespace. You go there, you do create a new site. There's a little text under there that I never bothered to read because I'm dumb. And it says, are you an existing customer? You can use your existing login. You can associate all of your Squarespace sites with just that one account, that one login. And then at the bottom left, you're going to see your little avatar, your little smiling face. You click your little smiling face and up from the bottom, boom, here's the list of all the sites that you do. But here's the part that makes it genius. You can have different billing for each of those different sites. So when your client comes to you and says, oh, uh, uh, Dan, will you build us a site? Yes, I will. And you use their credit card for their Squarespace site. That doesn't affect your own personal site. It doesn't affect the other sites you've done for other clients. You can still go in. And then you know what? That person says, oh, we want to blog on the site. We want to update content. Sure. Add them as a contributor to that site. Totally separate sandbox. Sandbox. That's what we call it from all your other sites. So much you can do there. All the things I mentioned and more. And you're going to get 10% off your first purchase. Okay. If you go to squarespace.com slash grit. They're still calling it grit, Hattie? Didn't yes. you update that with Derek? Uh, working on that. Update it with Derek. But in the meantime, squarespace.com slash grit. 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, they're so good. They just, they have it. You know what I mean? They have it. They have it. Aren't I interviewing the uh, Squarespace guy next week? Uh, That's next week. Mm, working on nailing that down. Is that not nailed down? No. I have two more emails. Just want to make sure he doesn't say I can't do it. Dave, call him Dave, David. I struggle with this stab. No, notice how he just gets right into it. Good. He doesn't try and build me up. Doesn't try and throw compliments out. Nope. Just boom. And you know why? He's in Italy and they have different customs. And that's why he's doing it no like this. No need to butter anyone no. up in Italy. In Italy. They're Italian. They are Italian. Therefore, they being Italian... They've already buttered you They've up. They've already buttered you up. Exactly. Like if I met him, you would, already would he like have him. the little Mario cap on and be carrying around the like mallet? The Bianchi. Yeah. Or what, no, what is that? The bike? Bianchi, I don't know. right? You, I, don't I don't speak remember. Italian. It's that it was it's pronounced a, it's gnocchi. A, no, no, no. I struggle with establishing the values of my small company. Do we care more about quality work, attentive understanding of issues and how to resolve them, or do we focus on getting to results faster? I myself, web developer and co-founder, like to think and take time to understand the problems that we are facing and find solutions, while other employees tend to try to get results to get to results faster without really understanding what's going on, going wrong with the project or an issue they're facing. 
like, why is the C- CMS behaving in such a bad way? Arg, I'll just try it till it works and move on. This particular attitude infuriates me because it can cause problems and maybe loss of even more time than uh, what you would take to research the issue and understand it. This is an interesting question. I think it's part about a mild case of OCD on my part, being controlling and knowing everything that is going on about the project. As a small business owner, what do you think should be your priorities? Greetings from Italy. I love all the great shows. David. Bellissimo. Bellissimo. Ranzoni sono buoni, David. Um, this is a great question because what I think the bigger issue that, that he is asking is not, you know, something as specific as he's making it. He's just giving an example. The bigger question is about control and about giving up control and about trusting. This is the question I hear him asking. At what point can I be okay giving up control? And what if my employee isn't going to do it the way that I want them to do it? What if my employee doesn't do it the way I would do it? And I guess there's different philosophies there. One philosophy is do it the way I do it. Do it the way I tell you to do it. That's one way to go. The other way to go is get it done in a way that is good. Get it done in a way that is effective. And if that's different from the way that I do it, that that's okay. It doesn't have to be the way I do it, the way I would do it. And I think there, those are kinds of the two different philosophies. In your particular example, you say, I like to take the time to understand the problems that we are facing and find solutions. Other employees try to get to results faster. I'm assuming you're their boss. You are at least responsible in some way for creating the culture. Why do you think they feel they need to get to the results faster? Is it because they don't want to disappoint you? Is it because they, they, they feel pressure from you to make it perfect? Is it because they're afraid to get it wrong? And if they are, that's your fault, right? But if that's not the culture that you've created, and it's tough to know without talking to you a little more, but if that's not the culture that you've created, then I don't know. I don't know why they would feel that way. Is it consistent across all of the people that work with you or for you? Maybe you're striking fear into them and they just want to do oh, I just want to get it right. I just we got to fix it. It might also be the style that they work, that they, they're focused on results. So how do you, how do you bring them around to that feeling of doing it right? That is your line of thinking away from being so results focused. Results are important. Maybe one way to do that. And, and I, don't, I don't ever think it's too late, but maybe one way to do that is to try to bring these people in and around to your line of thinking by emphasizing, um, by emphasizing the importance of doing things the right way, giving them the environment or the situation to, to the comfort zone to feel like they can take time to do it. Maybe they're doing that because the deadlines that have come down that maybe you or the client has imposed upon them make them feel like they've got to rush through it. They've got to focus on it. They've got to get to the, to, to the end of that path. Right. You've emphasized the due date instead of how important it is to that it be right. Right. Or anything like that. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I feel like we were just talking about something like this. It's making it so that they know the important parts where they can have creative freedom or, you know, anything that they need. I'm trying to say this in a cohesive way. They need to know where it's like, this thing has to be done. This part of the project has to be done this exact way. Mm-hmm. This part, totally up to you. Right. Like if they understand what they have the decision on and what they don't, mm-hmm. I think that also helps them kind of know like, okay, check, where check, they check. have their freedom. I did those three things that have to be this way, mm-hmm. but the rest open to my interpretation. I think that helps people feel a little bit more open. And I think it makes them feel a little bit more proud. Like they have more skin in the game. Like they, they, they want to prove, hopefully they would like to prove themselves to their boss. Like, this is what I can do. I'm going to show you what I can do when you let me take or you know, do my own thing. Yeah. Take the wheel. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. 
I don't know, David, I, I would love some follow-up from you about this. What is it that you've done to strike such fear in the hearts of your employees? That's what you've done. Yeah. We have uh, an email here, Hattie, from someone uh, that you know. Oh, really? Yes, and it's a serious email, and I've saved it f- for last because I really want your full engagement on this one. This is from Liz. Liz. Liz says, I'm on disability for mental illness right now, and I have been since April. Things aren't getting better, and I don't think I'll be going back to my corporate stooge data entry job anytime soon. In the meantime, I've been freelance writing, which has been bringing in some money but not enough to live on, only enough to help keep us afloat. I want to freelance as a career, and I'm hoping to do so full-time by the time I'm 30, three years from now. My only concern is, and she, look how she is a good writer. She's a that? very, very good writer, yes. My only concern is what to do part-time once I'm off disability to keep the money coming in. Should I go back to my full-time job to keep us stable, even though it makes me miserable? Should I try to get some sort of easy part-time job like working in a coffee shop or going back to my phone-based customer service job that gave me more rest but more emotional stress? Denying Medicare appeals isn't easy. Without some sort of second income, me and my husband won't make it. We are already barely making it now. Could use some serious angry Dan help here, <laughs> Liz. Well. I have some thoughts as well. I, I would love to hear your thoughts. The first thing I, I want to say, and, and how do you jump in if you feel like I'm off base here? Okay. okay. But if, if, if you're dealing with some kind of mental illness, perhaps depression, perhaps anxiety, anxiety bipolar, yeah, any, okay. anything. Um, no, do not go back to a right. job that, that is going to ma- listen to what she <laughs> says here, Hattie. It makes me miserable. No, even though it makes me miserable. And then the other one, uh, more emotional stress, right? No. Avoid things no. that give you emotional stress and make you miserable. That's first. So, so if, if those, if those jobs have that, you can't do those jobs. Right. Th- those aren't even an option right. anymore. You ha- I mean, th- this is when those things would become an option. When you are literally facing, and I mean this in the most absolutely true sense, being on the, physically on the street, Sleeping under a bridge. That would yes. be worse than dealing with misery and emotional stress on the job because that will make you, I promise you. It will you, set you back. That, that will be yeah. more miserable than dealing with a miserable job. It will undo any good that you've done so far. But if there is any job that you can do that's not going to, because listen, I don't, I, I have, I have done a lot of restaurant jobs, a lot of them. I have never been a server. Is that what they call them now? Yes. Waiter. Wait. Waiter. Yeah. Waiter. Server. I have never been a server, mainly because I wasn't uh, tall enough. And I didn't feel like I would do well carrying the I know, tray I not. with the drinks on it. Because just doing that scares me. Doing just thinking this, about it worries Doing me. this with my hand. That causes me anxiety. And imagining that I have like $100, $200 worth of food up there. Or like a hot, hot plate of like yeah. Mexican food that could just spill and burn your yeah. arm. No. But I was, I've been in lots of kitchens. Yeah. I've cleaned a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can, I, I've always wanted or thought it would be kind of like cool to work in a coffee shop in some way. Like me too. I've always wanted to. I never it have. It seems to me like the kinds of stresses that you have. I remember being there, you know, being, I was actually like a line cook kind of person for <laughs> wow, a while. What were you cooking? I worked at a, an Italian restaurant. And so I, I, I made a lot of uh, Parmesan type dishes. Ah. I made a lot of sub Italian sub sort of meatball sandwiches, sandwich? meat, meatball sandwich. Mm-hmm. I made a lot of that. I made a lot of, uh, I, they, I was learning to make pizzas and throw pizzas this is before Domino's. This is like an authentic <laughs> Italian place. Uh, but there was like a pizza guy and he didn't want anyone else doing it. Yeah, but you I know, there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, veal Parmesan, eggplant Parmesan, chicken parm, a lot of pasta. So I was doing that a lot, which really means you make a lot of those things separately. And then there's a lot of assembling Com- of the hot them. ingredients and then put them into the putting pizza stuff oven to on heat noodles. And, yeah. Yeah. A lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I always wanted a coffee job. But as stressful as job. those cooking jobs were after the rush, you'd be like, man, we like busted through it. And the kind of 
Adrenal- adrenaline and then like all of that but it, it it wasn't stressful the way that like working on a deadline is stressful or the way that dealing with customer service is stressful or like you're gonna lose a client if you don't get this done on right, time or something right it's like it's stressful like oh man i gotta get this this thing ready and this thing ready but it's almost fun in a way it's right like, and what, you have people helping you everybody's kind of a team it's like whack-a-mole <laughs> also i i would um my mom, what are your thoughts for, for yes. this? First of all, there was the exact thing that I was going to say right off the bat was that y- no stress. That's the first thing. Find the least stressful thing. If right. it causes you stress, the answer is no. No. The next thing is uh, my mom always gave me this advice that when you're feeling not like yourself or you're feeling down or you're going through something, the best thing to help yourself actually is to help other people so if you do something that helps others that a lot of the time that will help you as well it just makes you feel good like you've done something to help other people um but a lot of the times those kinds of jobs don't pay (laughs) it's a lot of volunteer work but uh the other thing i would say is anything to do with if if you like things like this but um be around nature um be around water uh, and anything that makes something physical. So help it. if you like creating things is what I'm trying to say is like maybe work at like a gardening shop, you know, where you get to be around plants and different kind of flowers and things like that. Or that's a little bit of a slower paced job where the stresses are not as high. Um, or work on something, uh, possibly get a job in somewhere that makes you happy. Like if you enjoy going to museums and looking at right. artwork, maybe try and work at a museum as, you know, even just a reception job is at, a, at a right. museum. Choose what makes you happy and then go towards that. I feel right. like that's the and best. You know, I think that's excellent advice. And I think I, that will help you internally feel good. Yeah. and And while you're doing that, that's when you can be doing the freelance writing or the exactly. other things. Those jobs are not going to be uh, uh, as mentally taxing or right. emotionally taxing. You won't feel drained at the end of the day. Right. Not in the same way that you would if you were having anxiety and stress and, and stuff like that. And I'll tell you what. Uh, I mean, you could, do, you could do much worse than a lot. Of, I was talking – was it last week or week before? I was talking about my friend who went to, to – said, you know what? Screw all the stress. Screw being a project manager. Screw working as a corporate stooge. I'm going to go in and work in a tackle shop. Yep. Oh, and you know what I just thought of? Um, there are many jobs, like if you go to like Kelly Services, I think is one of them. I don't know if they're just here in Texas, but they're like um, people, large large companies will come to Kelly Services and say, we need six people or one person for three days and we need them to just fill all these envelopes with these right. three documents and then put them in a stack and take them to temp, the post office. Temp worker. Temp jobs, yes. But like, those kind of things where it's just like you're just you're here, you're in a room and you're just kind of going through. I like um, what's the kind of task that I'm thinking of where it's just kind of like Mm-mm. you do one thing yeah. and you do the no, next know, yeah. and it's just kind of step by step. That always is very relaxing to me right. and doesn't cause me a lot of stress. Maybe it would also not cause you I'll any tell stress. You what, I'll tell you the one thing for, for Liz though that I think is really important is to get her outside in the sunlight. That's why, that's why I said do, do jobs that are outside. I you like don't that. have to you know, a lot of big windows if you're inside. You know what I mean? The last thing you want to be is in a Out, cave. Yeah, the last thing you want to be is, is in a call center. Yeah, no. Data entry, no. no. Get, away Get away from, from the computer, computer you know screen. Yeah. Get away from the screen. Back away from the screen. Outside, in the sun, in the water, doing something that makes you feel good. You go work at SeaWorld. Work with an orca. Or a florist. Yeah. Yeah, be around animals. That's the other thing. Yeah, I was uh, go work. Go work at a, a an animal know, shelter. Animal shelter. Yeah, volunteer. veterinarian. You want to work towards you know feeling better, and if do do the things that are going to make you feel better, and if those things pay, then yes, do them. <laughs> you agree? Yeah. Yes. Get back on your get back on your feet. That's the most important part. Don't don't go to something you know is going to be bad. And we love you, Liz. I mean, you do, but whatever. <laughs> I love Liz. I'll love her more if I know she's okay, okay. and not going to a, a place that makes her feel miserable. Yeah, don't go to the misery place. Then I will, I will love her less. <laughs> but if I know that she's in the sun. Yes. 
Don't get a sunburn, but you know. I would rather her get a sunburn than That's get true. miserable. You don't want a sunburn from a computer. You be careful what kind of advice you give people. Right. Get a sunburn. Get a sunburn. Spend too long outside. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone who wrote in. We'll definitely do some more call-in shows maybe uh, maybe next week. I'm actually going to be traveling on Friday of next week, uh, so the time will be a little bit different. But follow me on Twitter to learn more about the time. Uh, at Dan Benjamin is the place to go for that. I appreciate you all uh, writing in. I appreciate you emailing. If you would like to write, if that's easier for you, uh, definitely do that. You can go to 5by5.tv slash contact and click the little link for quit. And that'll send the email to the right place in the right way. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter again at Dan Benjamin. Hattie is at Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. And I really appreciate all of you uh, for listening. Please rate the show in iTunes if you have a chance and write a review. That's even better. I really appreciate those and it helps new listeners find the show. And again, last thing I'll say is if you want to support the show, you can. It makes a big difference. Patreon.com slash 555. Take care and we'll see you next week.